Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the week eight early slate of college football action on FanDuel and DraftKings. This is probably my favorite podcast to do on a weekly basis. I feel like the early slates of college football are much better. The salaries get out way earlier, so there's more time to do more research. And I feel like this is generally a well put together, enjoyable to do show. And our college football picks have been doing pretty well recently. This is also my most listened to episode of the week. So if you like what you're hearing on here, when you're playing NFL season long or daily fantasy football, make sure you check out the buy or sell show that'll be coming your way tomorrow morning here on the podcast feed. And Friday, I don't quite know what Friday is going to be yet. I'm still waiting on FanDuel and DraftKings to come out with their late night salaries for college football. Um, So it might be that, or we might decide to switch it up and do an NBA show. We'll just have to wait and see. But the bottom line is, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please subscribe, please rate, please review, help get the word out. We are trying to grow our listener base. And also give me a follow on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. We've got free nuggets coming your way for golf, basketball, and football there on Twitter. And my full lineups for college football as well as PGA and NFL have been doing really well lately. And if you want access to my full lineups, please subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, enough of self-promotion. Let's go ahead and get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's start talking college football. So let's open up by talking about last week's slate. Last week's early slate of college football could have quite possibly been the highest scoring slate of daily fantasy college football I have ever witnessed. And pretty much if you had Jameer Gibbs, Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyde, if you had all three of them, you were pretty much guaranteed to cash. If you just had two out of the three or one out of the three, you were in really good shape. But those three guys were really highly owned for good reason, and they were really dominant in their performances, put up a lot of fancy points. So this week, I do not think that there's going to be as high scoring in numbers as last week. I think we're going to regress back to the mean this week. Um, but I do think there are a lot of good options and there's a lot of good picks out there to be made. One thing you're going to hear me do over the course of this podcast is we're now seven weeks into the college football season. We kind of know what teams are. We have a good enough requisite sample size to make determinations about teams that are good offensively, good defensively, somewhere in the middle, whatever. But we've got enough of a sample size to know what we're going to get, which is going to make targeting these picks and making these picks a little easier for us if you do the research, which I have already done a lot of for you, which you're about to hear. All right, so let's start talking quarterbacks. So at the quarterback position, the top guy on the board is Oregon's Bo Nix, who feels like he's been in college since the Civil War. But he is the highest salary quarterback for good reason. This game is the highest over-under on the slate, Oregon-UCLA. And Bo Nix has scored 30 fantasy points in every game he has played except Georgia. If he continues that streak against UCLA, I don't care if he's the highest salary or not. I'll take 30 fantasy points out of my quarterback every time. And like I said, this is the highest over-under game of the slate. So if you think Oregon's going to be getting in the end zone, it's likely going to go through Bo Nix. In addition to his passing touchdowns, Bo Nix has five rushing touchdowns in his last two games. So when they get in the red zone, Bo looks to keep it himself. He looks to get in the end zone, and we love that as fantasy players. That six points for a rushing touchdown is better than four for a passing touchdown. Because he does so much scoring with his legs, I'm totally okay if you do not stack Bo Nix, but I absolutely think he is a live option at quarterback this week against UCLA. C.J. Stroud, I'm actually a little concerned about. Um... You know, Iowa, as much as people like to make fun of them for offense, they're actually pretty good defensively. And not that that scares me a little bit, but I don't know. I kind of worry about the blowout risk. Like, 
if Iowa isn't able to do anything offensively and Ohio State runs it in three times, you know, is there really a whole lot of upside for C.J. Stroud when they're just going to be grinding the clock out the entire second half? I don't know. C.J. Stroud, incredible player. I hope that my Carolina Panthers get to pick him in next April's draft, but I just, I'm not in on him on Daily Fantasy this week. Um, I just think it's a little bit too much of a risk to carry a guy who's 9,200 in salary on DraftKings. And, you know, he might not even play the second half. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I can't get behind that. Next up on the list is Sam Hartman. So Sam Hartman disappointed us a little bit against Army. We were kind of all over him that week. But if you look at the over-unders, Wake has the highest implied total on the slate when you look at the over-unders. So um, Wake's going to score a whole lot of points in this one. And if you look at their game against Boston College last year, he scored a whole lot of points in that one as well. So I definitely think Sam Hartman is a live option. I think he bounces back after that kind of average performance against Army. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a.k.a. DTR, um, is on the other side of Bo Nix in the Oregon-UCLA game. And I think he's a very live option as well. If you want to stack both quarterbacks going against each other, I actually think that's a very good option this week. This game could very well explode and be one of those games like Alabama-Tennessee where it's in the 40s and 50s. You know, one reason why is because UCLA has scored 32 or more points in every game this season. So if they hit that mark again, it's likely going to be through DTR. He's another dual threat. He can throw. He can run. He's going to put points on the board, and he's another live option this week. DJ Uyunglele of Clemson, I think, is, again, a very solid option. The pricing on him continues to be about the same. We, We go through this podcast every week and say that he's a very good option. You know, he's turned into more of a dual threat. They're kind of using him as like a battering ram in the running game where he's almost like their goal line and short yardage back, which is weird, but it's working and it's getting fantasy owners points. Clemson has also scored at least 30 points in every game this season. And Syracuse, you know, their defensive numbers look pretty good, but they've only really played one good offense and that was Purdue. You know, not the best offense in the world, but Purdue can put up some points. And Purdue put up 29 against Syracuse. So I think Clemson's able to keep their 30-point streak going. And I think that Clemson, you know, they're going to do it through DJ Uyunglele. The Texas Tech quarterback situation is very interesting. If we get news throughout the week that, you know, a certain Texas Tech quarterback is going to start, I think they become an immediate outstanding option. I think that Texas Tech, they're going to put up a lot of points this week. Um, it just depends on who the guy is. They're all priced very similarly. Donovan Smith, uh, Brennan Morton, Baron Morton, excuse me, and Tyler Shue. They're all priced very similarly. If we know which one's starting, they're a very good play. If we don't know which one's starting, it's a stay away. Um, you know, in terms of getting injury information, right now we don't have a whole lot. But as we get closer, um, my go-to is always to just search the guy's name on Twitter, see if there's a beat writer or somebody that is, you know, seeing him on the field in warmups, seeing him in street clothes, you know, something like that. But as we get closer to game time, those three Texas Tech quarterbacks, if we know which one's playing, it's going to immediately be a good start on FanDuel DraftKings. The last guy that I like, and I feel like I highlight him every week because his salary stays the same, is Quinn Ewers of Texas. So if you look at the last two weeks, the Oklahoma State defense has given up 30 and 31 fantasy points to quarterbacks in the last two weeks. If he keeps that streak going, I mean, that salary is going to pay for itself immediately. And, you know, add to that, Oklahoma State is 126th in passing yards allowed. I know the Iowa State game was just kind of a very pedestrian game for Quinn, but I think that Iowa State's a much better defensive team than Oklahoma State. 
Oklahoma State's also a much better offense than Iowa State. So Texas, if they want to win this one, they're going to have to put up some points against that Oklahoma State defense. And I think that they're going to be able to do it with Quinn Ewers at quarterback and with the next guy I'm about to talk about playing running back as we switch gears and start talking running backs. At the top of the board for the running back position, where he is every week is Texas's B. John Robinson. Look, he is the best running back in college football. His talent is undeniable. And he is one of the best fantasy options in college football. He, In fact, I would say he has the highest floor fantasy-wise of any player in college football. The Bama game represents his floor. He had 20 points against Alabama. None of the other defenses he's going to play this season are, in fact, Alabama. All right? So... Um, when we're looking at B. John Robinson, though, here's one thing that I do want to bring up. He kind of presents a little bit of a conundrum because, you know, when GPP tournaments end, you know, you can go look at everybody's lineup. And when you look at the top lineups, very rarely do they actually have B. John Robinson because when you're paying for B. John, you're paying for his floor. His floor is the safety, the safety net. You're guaranteeing yourself 20 plus fantasy points out of that $9,200, which is what he's priced this week on DraftKings. The ceiling, he isn't always going to hit it, but the ceiling is also very, very high. But what you're paying up for is the floor. His ceiling isn't that much higher than a whole lot of other guys on this list, but his floor is. So when you want to play Bijan in a cash game, I think he's like an auto play in a cash game because that floor is that safety net. It's incredibly valuable. But when you're looking at GPP tournament, you got to pick spots to play him where he can hit his ceiling. So let's talk about how this game could be one where he might hit a ceiling. Oklahoma State has given up 27 and 19 points to running backs in the last two weeks. They also gave up 27 points week one to Lou Nichols of Central Michigan. And I think Bijan is a lot more talented of a player than any of those guys. And I think the Texas offensive line is better than any of those offensive lines. So this could be a week where Bijan hits a ceiling of like 40 points and wins people GPPs. But I still think if you're playing a cash game, lock him in. He's in your lineup every time because of that safety net he gives you. Now, as we look down the board, Ohio State running backs, to me, are a stay away. We don't know which one of them is going to be active. We don't know which one of them is going to be the workhorse. Um, again, like the Texas Tech quarterback situation, if you get news on it, go for it. But to me, the Ohio State running back situation is absolutely a stay away until we get a little more clarity. Braylon Allen of Wisconsin, to me, is an option against the Purdue defense that just gave up 37 points to Nebraska. Now, Nebraska did it by throwing it all over the yard, but, you know, Wisconsin, that, that, that's not what they do. They they got that ground game. They got that ground-and-pound attack with Braylon Allen. So I think if Wisconsin puts up points like Nebraska did, and I think Wisconsin's a better team than Nebraska, Braylon Allen is definitely going to be an option. Zach Charbonnet of UCLA, the Michigan transfer, is Another option, you know, I love this Oregon-UCLA game because I think that between the two quarterbacks and between this running back, that's where a lot of the fantasy points are going to be concentrated. This game has the highest over-under of the slate. However, one cause of concern is that Oregon is 13th in the country in fewest rushing yards allowed. However, I think that that is a result of their opponents and who they've been playing more so than their strength defensively. So I still think that, you know, that Chip Kelly offense in UCLA, they're going to be committed to running the football. They're going to at least try to run the football. And then when they get in the red zone, they're definitely going to run the football. So I think Zach Charbonnet is still an option. Do not be scared of that number next to Oregon that they're 13th in the country in rushing yards allowed. 
Charles McClellan of Cincinnati is one of my favorite options this week. This is a guy that's kind of going under the radar, but if you look at it, SMU is currently 123rd nationally in fewest rushing yards allowed. So if we flip the script there, they've given up the eighth most rushing yards in the country, SMU has. And they've done that playing teams like Maryland and um, UCF, Navy. Like, you know, they're not playing a gauntlet of a schedule and they've given up the eighth most rushing yards in the country. So uh, Charles McClellan of Cincinnati, one of my favorite options this week. I think that SMU rush defense is really weak. I really like Charles McClellan to score against it. Both Ole Miss running backs, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, to me, are pretty good options this week. LSU's defense ranks 69th in the country in rushing yards allowed. That's kind of middle of the pack. We would normally expect SEC teams to be closer to the front of the pack. And that Ole Miss team, they're committed to running the football. They're going to give both of those guys 15 to 20 carries, and both of them are going to be effective. So I think they're both definite options. In terms of which one I would prefer, I'd probably prefer Judkins. He's getting a little bit bigger of a workload. He's kind of more of a big play buster, but I think they're both options against LSU this week. Tajay Spears of Tulane is an interesting case study. He seems to play very well when Purdue, or I'm sorry, not Purdue, when Tulane, that's the team he plays for, when Tulane is a favorite. So they are favored this week, which means that when they get a lead, they're going to be grinding that clock out and they're going to be giving the ball to Tajay Spears. Even in his lower scoring outputs this season, he has gotten double-digit carries. I think for the price tag, that workload, you can't beat it. Like He's getting a very good workload for his price tag, and I think he's definitely an option. A lot of these American athletic players go under the radar because people don't really know him as much. Tajay Spears is definitely an option this week. For Purdue, we got injuries currently to King Drew and Dylan Downing, and if they continue to be out, Devin Mockaby is a guy that I would lock in my lineup. Like He was outstanding last week against Nebraska, and Devin Mockaby, even when he was a backup, has double-digit points in every game so far this season. That's incredible coming from a guy who started the season third string. So if Daru and Downing are out again, again, check your for updates. Make sure that those guys are out. If they're out again, Devin Mockaby, lock him in your lineup. He's going to be a great option again. Notre Dame, the running back situation is starting to get figured out a little bit. Audric estimate is there between the tackles, Thumper, and I think that they're going to want to thump UNLV because I think they're going to have an advantage up front. They're going to be bigger and stronger than UNLV. So I think that Audric estimate is a very good option this week. You know, I think his upside's kind of limited. He's not really going to be a big play guy, but I do think he's a very safe option, very high floor against UNLV. A guy that I think might be a sneaky play, this is the farthest down the board I would go at running back, is Pat Garwo of Boston College. So Wake is 76th in the country in rush defense. And, you know, that's not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great either, especially considering they haven't played, you know, a super tough schedule. Um, and against Wake last year, you know, which was a massive blowout, Pat Garwo had 11 carries for 65 yards. You know, didn't score a touchdown, wasn't involved in the receiving game a whole lot. But, you know, with a different game script, if Boston College is able to keep this close and they can keep running the football, maybe he finds the end zone. Maybe he has a little success. I think he's a sneaky play this week, and I definitely think he's going to be very low-owned. All right, that covers it for the running back position. We're going to flip on over now to talking about wide receivers. At the wide receiver position, Rasheed Rice and Charlie Jones are the kings on this slate. Um, I, however... Word of caution about those two, I don't think that either of them are in particularly great matchups. 
they're both going to see a massive target share. They're both going to be in passing situations because I don't think either of those teams are going to win their respective games. But I don't know. Cincinnati's a pretty tough defense in that American Athletic. Wisconsin's no slouch either for Charlie Jones. So I think that they're both good options. They're both going to see a big target share. But I don't know. I just don't know. I think this could be a very boomer bust week for those two guys there at the top. And I would probably rather spend my salary elsewhere than paying up for those two guys at the top. Now, on the flip side of Rasheed Rice, let's talk about Cincinnati. So Tyler Scott is an elite level option if he plays. He's been Cincinnati's number one guy. He's got big playability. They use him in the red zone. He is an elite option if he is active. We also know SMU, not so good rush defense, not so great pass defense either. If Tyler Scott does not play, Trey Tucker is the guy that sees that increased workload and fills into that void that Tyler Scott leaves. So Cincinnati, Tyler Scott if he plays, Trey Tucker if he doesn't, one of those guys is probably going to be in my lineup this week. For Wake Forest, A.T. Perry is starting to come alive like he did at the end of last season, and the salary hasn't really adjusted a whole lot since, but they're starting to go downfield to him again. They're starting to throw it up to him in the red zone again. You know, he's in a very good spot against Boston College, a defense that's not very good. So if I'm stacking Wake, I think I'm going with A.T. Perry as the number one guy for that wide receiver position. Now, one thing that I don't like is that Jamal Banks was our guy for a few weeks because he was like minimum priced. You know, Wake was throwing to him a lot, and now he's priced up there with the other receivers. So um, you're not getting the salary advantage, but if I'm playing another Wake receiver, it probably would still be Jamal Banks. Now, I've been talking about this Oregon-UCLA game, and honestly, the wide receivers, I don't know, it's, it's, they're kind of a little bit off-putting this week. I think they're overpriced for what they are as fantasy options. Jake Bobo is the number one guy for UCLA, but like when they get in the red zone, it's DTR running or it's Charbonnet running. They're not really throwing in the red zone a whole lot. Um, so, I mean, while he is their guy, like I don't know, I just don't want to pay that much for a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of touchdown upside. Um their second receiver is Cam Brown. He's a guy I would probably consider for salary relief. If I'm stacking this game or onslaughting this game, Cam Brown would probably be a guy I would definitely go to because I think he gives you a little bit more versatility with the rest of your salary cap. Now for Oregon, Troy Franklin is the only one that I would consider, and he's still overpriced. Like you know, like I said, same thing goes with Oregon that I said for UCLA. When they get in the red zone, Bo Nix is looking to run it in with his legs. You know, he's not looking to you know, dink and dunk his way into the end zone. He's trying to run it in. So while this game presents very appealing options, I don't know if the wide receivers are those appealing options. The Ohio State wide receiver situation. If you play any of them, you're carrying a lot of risk. We do not know about the status of Jackson Smith and Jigba. And when he hasn't played, all three of the other guys have been incredible options. Marvin Harrison Jr., Amaka Agbuka, Julian Fleming, they're great, like, they're fantastic, but we don't know about the health of Jackson Smith and Jigba, we don't know if he plays, what the roles would be, and like I said, this game has blowout potential, so if you play a guy like Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. has three touchdowns early, or Travion Henderson runs it in for three touchdowns early, they're not going to be playing in the second half, so it, to me, it's a stay away, there's a lot of upside with all of those guys. I could see any one of them scoring 35 fantasy points, honestly. But it's a stay away because at the same time, they could get you like two. And I don't want that. I don't want to carry that much risk. I want guys to have a little higher floor. 
Now, to me, Texas presents a very easy core to stack. I've already talked about Quinn Ewers. I've already talked about B. John Robinson. If you want to be contrarian and play the receivers instead of B. John, they have options. Xavier Worthy has insane upside to be at $6,100 to me. He is their deep threat. He's also their most targeted wide receiver. His usage is very similar to Hollywood Brown when he was at Oklahoma. He's a threat to score an 80-yard touchdown anytime they have the ball. And he's also a guy that's going to get double-digit targets every game. So uh, Xavier Worthy, very appealing option, especially at his price tag. Their second receiver, Jordan Whittington, is a possession receiver who receives six-plus targets a game. He's got a guaranteed workload. If he finds the end zone like he did last week, he's going to pay off his price tag very easily. Jatavian Sanders is their third receiving option. He's their tight end. Very high ceiling. We've seen him hit it twice this season, scored 20 or more points twice. And he's involved in the game plan every week. Like they're looking to get him the ball on arrow routes, on seam routes, you know, in the red zone. They use Jatavian Sanders a lot. And for that salary, I'll take a guy that is getting game planned up and is planning on being used a lot. So I think he's a very appealing option also. And if you want to stack that Texas core, go Quinn, go two of those three guys, and you know, hope that Bijan doesn't go off and you're going to be seeing a lot of points. Shamer Dyke. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I, I really hope I didn't mispronounce his name if it's not Dyke. But he is Wisconsin's number one option. And he is a very intriguing option. I don't think I would stack the Wisconsin offense. Graham Mertz does not have a lot of upside. But we just saw Purdue give up a lot of passing yards and a lot of touchdowns to Nebraska. And it was a lot by their number one wide receiver, Trey Palmer. Dyke is Wisconsin's number one wide receiver, and he's really their only competent wide receiver. So if you think that Wisconsin's going to be able to throw the ball, which I do, Chimera Dyke is definitely going to be an option. Next up is Zay Flowers of Boston College. He has been like the one bright spot for the Boston College offense this season, and he is their guy in the passing game. He's got like an over 30% target share. He's going to be getting the ball thrown his way deep and often. And that's what we like in fantasy football. So Zay Flowers of Boston College. I've talked about how I expect Wake to put up points. If Boston College is going to be able to put up points and keep this close, you know, I think they're actually a pretty easy offense to target because Pat Garbo is the only running back they really use. And Zay Flowers is really the only receiver that they throw to. And we've seen Zay Flowers go off for 30-point games twice so far this season. So I think that he's definitely an appealing option at that price tag. Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. Look, if you've watched Notre Dame this season, and sadly I have, Drew Pine only has eyes for Michael Mayer. So you're going to be getting a guy who is getting a lot of targets. They're not necessarily downfield targets, but if Notre Dame is in the red zone, that's where they're going. In fact, if it's third down, that's probably where they're going. So Michael Mayer, you're paying for targets when you pay his salary, which is not a whole lot this week. And I think he's actually a pretty good option. Like, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of upside because he doesn't catch deep passes, but I'll take a guy who's going to get double-digit targets every week for $5,000 on DraftKings. Now, Texas Tech, talk about their quarterback uncertainty. They got a little wide receiver uncertainty, too. Miles Price is the guy that is their number one wide receiver. He's questionable. If he plays, he's a very good option. Xavier White is the guy that fills in for Miles Price. So if Miles Price misses, Xavier White is the guy that you want. And if Miles Price is declared out, I'm locking in Xavier White, like period. Easy, easy decision there. Jaron Bradley, Jaron Bradley, excuse me, is the guy that is an option whether or not Miles Price plays. He's kind of their second guy in that receiving core. And he's a pretty good option. 
like I like we talked about that Texas Tech offense. I think that they're going to be able to put up some points. So you know those wide receivers, they're going to be legitimate options. And guys, I got to admit, I looked long and hard for a punt play this week at the wide receiver position. I did not find a good one. So if you know of a good punt at the wide receiver position, go for it. But I just could not find an option that I felt confident enough in coming on here and talking to you guys and being willing to be wrong about it. So um, I don't think this is the week to punt wide receiver. I think DraftKings has done a good job with their salaries. Um, and I think that all those guys I mentioned are going to present as good options. All right, so that does it for the college football show this week, guys. Um, hopefully that gave you a lot of suggestions, a lot of picks to help you fill out your DFS lineups. Uh, remember, if you like what you're hearing, please rate, please subscribe. Helps me out a lot. And make sure to stay tuned for the NFL show coming your way Thursday. And then what is currently going to be a surprise on Friday. I don't know whether we're going to have the late salaries for college football in time or if we're just going to do an NBA show to switch it up a little bit. All right, so appreciate you guys for listening. Hope I'm able to help you win. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see y'all next time.